Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. So we live in a world where there's a lot of hopelessness. So the advent of hope or celebrating the hope that has come in the world through Christ is very, very needful. We need hope. The second one, peace. Of course, we live in a world where there's not a lot of peace. There's terror, terrorism around the world. All right. And then after peace, what was the next one? Joy. And we exhibit that quite often um, from either a perspective of, oh, I feel joy. Or last week, we learned that you don't just feel joy. Either you have joy or you need joy, one or the other. And those seeds that have been planted in us from Christ are the seeds of joy. And he says, I speak these things to you that your joy would be full. So that means that we have the potential to always exude joy, not just around Christmas, not just around Advent, not just in church, not just clapping our hands when the music is good, but joy, even when we're feeling tired in our bodies, even when we might have a little bit of competition with our emotions, because this is an emotional time of year for people. This is an emotional time of year. So joy is not an emotion. My joy is not touched as a result of my emotions changing. My emotions will change. They'll go up and down. But joy is not an emotion. Joy is one of the fruit of the spirit and fruit comes from seeds. And if the seeds of joy have been planted in us, they'll come up as seeds of righteousness and manifestations of joy. And so we'll eat that fruit. We'll eat the fruit of joy. Look at somebody say, you look like you can use some joy. I know you say it's not a feeling. I didn't ask you how you felt, but we can see joy. You can see joy. You've held a baby in your arms and went, wow, what joy. A precious little baby, love and joy. And so maybe that's the reason why God chose to reveal Christ to us as a child, because he knew how we were going to feel our gooey, you know, based on babies. You can see a baby kitten and go, ah. You know, but that kitten grows up to be a tiger and you're like, whoa. And so so we have to be able to put in perspective the things that we understand. So we understand those advents, hope, and we have peace and we have joy. So today, let's look at love. And the best way for us to do that is to consider it a gift. Look at somebody say, it's a gift, but it is the most ultimate gift that we can ever imagine. The love that God has given us. We know John 3 and 16 that tells us that God loved us so much that he gave. And so love cannot be expressed without the act of giving, all right? Love cannot be expressed without the act of giving. You don't just look at somebody and think in your mind, I love you. You got to either give them words, a hug, a kiss, an embrace, a gift. You have to give in order for love to manifest. Now, let's look at it interestingly as opposed to just from the surface. Sometimes people think that giving and receiving love has to do with their gratification when actually it doesn't receiving love really has to do with your capacity or our ability to understand what it is because you can give somebody a gift and it throw it on the floor i've given people gifts and things around here and i found it laying in the, in the warehouse yeah no it's like oh wow oh my god they did not but it was given out of love but they forgot they lost it it was not of value and I use that as an example. Now, how many have ever gotten a gift and you forgot you had it and you put it somewhere and you laid it down, you know, and then you pulled it out the closet and re-gifted it to somebody else the following year? <laughs> you, you, you got, I'm glad you're so honest. But people do that. People literally take gifts and recycle them. You say, oh, that's just unbelievable. Yeah. But that means that it was not really received in love. Love has to be given in order for it to be love in action. But love has to also be received in order for it to be fulfilled. 
which means that love is like an arrow shot out into a target. And until it hits the target, it's really, it doesn't connect. It's not a bullseye. It's not love. Like I said, I can think about how much I love you, but unless I say that I love you or unless I embrace you or even just a warm touch to indicate that it's love, then it's really not love on my part. And then it doesn't become love on your part until you receive it in the intent in which it was given. Are you kind of following me now? Because love is not just, I said I love you, whether you receive it or not. It's, that's just a no, no love. You got to work. You got to work that thing. You got to keep on going. Is a seed a plant? No, it's a seed. It's got to get in the ground. It's got to germinate. It's got to produce the fruit. And so love has to literally be intentionally. That's what part of our focus this year is intentional relationships. It has to be intentional and it has to be targeted. It has to go where you put it. If I stub my toe, I don't grab my head and go out. If I stub my toe, I'm going for my toe. Everything within my body is reaching toward that toe. Blood is rushing to the scene of the crime. And so, so love is that way. When we shoot an arrow of love or when we try to exhibit love, it needs to be targeted specifically. It can't just be blanketed. I love everybody. That's not true. I ain't gonna just let anybody. We try to love everybody, but that's a surface. That's a thin coat. That's a thin whitewashed coat on top of everything. I just love everybody. I love everybody. I love everybody. Okay, I would believe that except for that time you just really went off on me. And it wasn't love. I still love you even if I told you off. I don't know. It's sort of like water on a candle. I mean, no, that doesn't really work. So, so you can't say that it's love just because you put a blanket coat on top of everything. You know, like I said before, I love pizza, but I'm not in an intimate relationship with pizza. Because you eat it and it's gone. And so if we equate love to being such an, something that is so common, something that is so surface, something that is so, you know, you can just toss it around, then what happens is that we've diminished God's gift. We've diminished God's gift. How many believe in love? It's not a trick question. It's just simple. How many believe in love? Listen to that statement, believe in love, meaning that you have to have faith in order to believe. And remember, we already established that belief is a combination of your faith and your hope together. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, which means that our belief system is as a result of you putting faith in action. So we believe, we use faith in love. Now, I didn't say you believe in a person that's lovely or that you love. But to believe in love would be to epitomize or create a reputation for not a word, but this spirit called love that even in its invisible state, it's real. Let's establish that. Let's establish that love is real. Why? Because I believe in it. Not because I've always had it like I wanted it or I've always given it like I should have, but I have the faith to believe in love. So, so you already got love. You understand love. You've been loved. You've been in love. You fell out of love. Love don't love nobody. You got, you got all of those love interpretations, but really there's still more room for love. Would you agree? There's got to be some more room. There's got to be room for love. And so as I meditate on it and I think about it, of course, hope, peace, joy, love, hope, peace, joy, love, hope, peace, joy, love. Those four advents all important but would you agree that the greatest of all of these is love because without it you have no revelation of hope i hope the bus come quickly seriously that's 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 the messed up mentality 
So the greatest of these is love. And I believe it's in the Corinthian letter that Paul writes and he talks about tongues and he talks about um, the gifts of the spirit. He talks about us giving our, our bodies literally to be burned or making offerings and sacrifices that mean nothing. And then there's a lot of different gifts that the body of Christ has. Some people have revelation. Some people have the ability to speak clearly. Some people have compassion, just various gifts. But the greatest of all gifts and the greatest of the fruit of the spirit, remember it's number one in the, in the top, you know, eight, the greatest is love. Isn't that something? So it's a fruit and a spirit. It's invisible and visible. It's action oriented, but it's something that you can't even see at times, but you know it's there. It's really an ambiguous element of God's character. Oops, I slipped it out. Love is a part of God's character. So embrace the idea of love more than an idea. Now it's an experience that I want to have. God's ultimate act of love was to make humans put them in a garden and show them his love. And we messed that up on the first couple of days or a million of years. I don't know how long it was. Anybody know how long it was before she ate that and gave it to her husband? We do know about the first seven days, right? The first seven days we got that down. But, but we don't, after that, what? <sighs> Which means that God's love had to be perpetual. God's love had to be before the incident, and God's love has to be now in order for God's creation to have received what he intended for us to have. God could not possibly come up with an alternative plan for the mess that mankind's got us into. So God's like, okay, fine, fine. They're going to be disobedient. So let me stir up some love. I'm going to have to love them. Ooh, they're making it hard, but I'm going to love them. No, God's love was perpetual. It's his character. It's who he is. We'll read, we'll read it in, in, in 1 John. It says God is love. And how many know that God's a spirit? Which means that love is a spirit. Oh, wow. I just messed you up because there's like three or four different scriptures there. Love is a spirit. God is love. We walk in the spirit which means we walk in love. We have received his spirit, which means we received love. We have to think for a moment about how love is such an ominous. Notice I said earlier, ambiguous. Ambiguous means I don't understand it. Ominous means I don't understand it, but it's so big I'll have to accept it. Ominous means that you can't deny it. You can't ignore it. You can't just say, okay, you know, love today, maybe not tomorrow. I don't feel my whole lot of love. It's not even a feeling. We've got to take it off the table. I know you feel it, but it's really not a feeling. Okay? We're going to feel some cold, but we don't live in the Arctic. I know we're going to think we do. Come February, January, February, we're going to be like, ooh, it is Arctic cold. And then it gets really, really hot. And we're like, ooh, it's hell hot. No, it's not hell hot. <laughs> it might feel like it, but it's really not hell hot. So you see how we, we, we easily throw value on the word to describe how we feel. And if we do that with love, we have short circuited the process. My grandmother used to tell me she's going on. She said, I, baby, I just love you. I said, you said that to all of them. She said, no, I just really love you. I mean, she made me feel like it was just me. I was just me and me alone. Hmm. There's some grannies in here. And you know how, and you know how to make, make them feel, right? Well, well you, that had to be a God character. Either that or you're a great imposter. I don't know. It had to be that God superseded it, that, that, that 
even though those were words that came out of your mouth, the love that the child or the individual felt or experienced had to go beyond just your words. It had to go beyond that. So, so the greatest of all gifts, the greatest of all seed, the greatest of all fruit, the greatest of all manifestations of anything that we could ever remotely associate to being like God is love. <laughs> God is wise, but not everybody's got wisdom. Stop it. Stop and think about it. God is a wise God. Would you agree? But how many know there's some folks that don't have the wisdom God gave us? But if a man lacks wisdom, let him. I don't recall anywhere in the Bible where it says that we should ask for love. Where? Show me where you have to ask for God's love. We said it's not in the asking for love. We don't have to ask for it. We receive it. There's a difference between asking and receiving. How many have ever made something for somebody and never even asked for it? I hope that if I come to your house and you know you you eat and you just make me a plate too, I or I I, I think I make room right. And so so God's love was made for us whether we ask for it or not. I'm driving to a place where I really hope you can understand how love is ominous, but unfortunately there are some limitations to our ability to love. Because you can't ask, Lord, give me love. Lord, give me more love. Well, you're asking really for fruit of the Spirit, love being the chief of the fruit of the Spirit. And maybe maybe what love that you're missing. Maybe you're missing long-suffering or patience or goodness, meekness, temperance. Temperance, that's it. Because I know how to love the ball game, but I don't know how to love church. I know how to love, <laughs> I know how to love clothes, but I don't know how to love the people in the clothes. Some people know how to love people out of their clothes, but... They don't want to take care of the children after they've been born. Do you understand how that, that means that there's a whole lot of other fruit missing, but love, you don't ask for love. Love is given to us. Think about it, you can ask for wisdom. If a man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives liberally. When we need forgiveness, what do we do? Ask for forgiveness. You can ask for mercy. You can ask for grace. You can ask for a whole lot of stuff. But the scripture doesn't really tell us to ask for love. We just receive it. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nation's Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the Scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals families, and our communities, we believe there is hope.